baby, have I got an announcement for you. With cons being canceled due to Miss COVID-19 herself, Arda Wiggs has taken it upon themselves to host a virtual convention, ArtaCon, throughout all of April, with an artist alley, masquerade, IG contest, and panels. And what a goddamn treat it is, because I'll be hosting Playing Dress Up Live via Twitch. So mark your calendars, April 29th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, and translate that to wherever you live. It will be held at twitch.tv slash joeschmocause. I will have that in the description. And our guests, who could they be? Oh, the co-founders of Arda Wigs themselves, Harl and Amara. Feel free to join us for a live version of the podcast and ask any questions for them ahead of time via curiouscat.me slash playing dress up. Again, April 29th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Translate that to wherever you live. Twitch.tv slash Joshmocause. I hope to see you on the live stream. podcast where we truly unravel how people get into the con scene and talk about how they continue to navigate it. Ooh, our next guest is one that I've had the pleasure to know over the years. We met at someone's birthday party sometime after the January 2016 Sailor Moon Cafe in New York City, and now it's a true treat to see a friendly face at future cons. A New York-based illustrator who specializes in atmospheric illustrations that feature nature, characters and dreamscapes she's participated in artist alleys from anime next to anime nyc bringing her ethereal drawings to the con floor whether they're shining bright as a gem from hoseki no kuni or ready to slay some villains as your favorite senshi it's chelsea of seashell cause (laughs) (laughs) hi thank you so much that's so sweet of you and i saw you found my website because i was like oh wait i wrote that years ago (laughs) I do. I delve deep, deep, deep into this research. And I was like, I, I originally went through everything. Like I went, we're mm-hmm. talking Instagram. We went to Tumblr of oh all boy. places. And then I was like, oh, there's a website. Chelsea has mm-hmm. a website. And then I, that's where I stole part of that intro from. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, that website was, I went to SVA uh, to do program and illustration, graduated two years ago. Mm-hmm. and we had to make a website for that class and I was like well I had to do it anyway <laughs> and they were like describe your art and I was like dreamscapes that sounds interesting right <laughs> <laughs> but I mean honestly like I was looking at like a bunch of your art and it does have that sort of like ethereal-esque vibe from it and it's mostly just because there's not a lot of harsh lines going through it for the most part and I think it works really well like uh, like for example if somebody ever like wants to like look at this art and they see some of like your Sailor Moon like prints I'm just like oh my god this is like nice this is gorgeous like it it perfectly (laughs) like in cap like it perfectly captures like Sailor Moon in your own artistic way more than anything else thank you so much that's so true. I was like, I can't draw for jack shit. Like, I, I draw, like, when people see me draw designs, they're like, Joe, you draw? I was like, no, I specifically cannot. <laughs> like, you know those Jackbox games where you have to, like, draw? I, I literally always write, I can't draw, and then I just <laughs> write what the item is. <laughs> so anytime any of my friends is, like, artistically gifted, I'm just like, more props to you. Like, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and I've probably, I mean, <laughs> I've probably been drawing Sailor Moon since I was, actually, there are old drawings from when I was about Ooh. three, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Because I was, that was my first, that was my first anime, that was one of the first, like, honestly, memories that I can fully recall is, like, of being literally a three-year-old watching Sailor Moon, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I used to call her Serena Moon because I didn't understand that that wasn't her name yet. <laughs> I was just like, they're both her name. <laughs> so it's Serena Moon now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I always find it funny because it's just like, I feel like I was talking about it like with my sister. Like there was like this era of like people watching like not just specifically anime, but like TV 
And like those, that was the show that showed up. It was like Sailor Moon, and everybody had like this like renaissance. Like everybody's watched Sailor Moon, but only everybody watched the version where there's two cousins and they're not explicitly dating each other. And so just like this weird revelation we had as we grew older is like, oh, they're gay. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) that's it. (laughs) It's so weird because they edited it like that, so they were cousins but like even when I was a child I was kind of like we're cousins who do a specific like hand gesture and look at each other lovingly in the window oh my god it was (laughs) insane I remember watching it I was like I'll do that with my cousin what's going on I don't like this I was like they they something else (laughs) so I'm fully glad we we all have (laughs) that like realization much later in life but it's like, yeah, so it's like what I've noticed is like all of your drawings, I was like, they're so good, number one. I just want to like get into this because everybody, everybody should see them. Like, it was like even like your specific like drawing of um, Sakura from Cardcaptor Sakura, I think it was like the way that you draw it is just like it's so flouncy, it's fluffy, it still captures that first like three minutes where it's, um, what was that theme song called? Oh, uh, the, um... The Cardcaptor Sakura, the wasn't it like Catch You, Catch Me or something? There you yeah. go, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and you drew that one, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is super, super cute. Like, like, and it perfectly captured it. Like, the theme song imid- immediately like hit me in the head, slapped me in the face. <laughs> nostalgia did, and I was like, oh, this is so, so, so good. It was like I remember what that one. That was just a doodle. I was just trying to work some stuff out in my head, but I was like. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was trying to capture with that one was just like in the beginning when she like, I don't know, comes down from the sky and then like lands on the water and the yeah. the way the dress moved in that always kind of like really intrigued me. I've always liked portraying movement whenever yeah. I'm drawing, um, which has its downfalls sometimes, but yeah, I got too many things going on and it just kind of... If I don't rein myself in, sometimes it looks like a bowl of pasta. Just kind of everything's floating around. And I'm like, okay, something needs to be on the ground. But <laughs> <laughs> No, that I think is like perfectly and captures like any creative hobby. It's because you always you always want to do the most. And like you're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do everything the world has told me that I can do. And then you're just like, whoa, this looks crazy. We need to edit it down because I don't know where I'm looking person i'm gonna sell this to or show it to doesn't know what the hell is going on so if i don't know and i'm not confident this is bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) overall Mm -hmm. i mean yeah the same stuff happens with my cosplay like making hoseki wigs which kind of became a obsession of mine for like two years after hoseki came out it's short (laughs) (laughs) uh but like i had to really like look at what i was doing when i would you know be on like our 16 of gluing cellophane to a wig and be like is this too shiny now (laughs) is it is there too much glitter on here yet and i just had to keep checking myself continuously because it was such like a push pull and like i made two versions of a lapis wig you sure did for some reason (laughs) it wasn't good enough the first time i guess (laughs) and then i never wore it again i just wore it to katsu for like three hours and then my feet died on me oh i mean that's heels for you like in a nutshell i was like heels i was like i always joke around like three inches kitten heel you're not going nowhere with that but it's like that's a good everyday heel and it's got good support like i was like forget it you get the height but like I remember when I was in Miss Piggy, I would like, anytime I wasn't in taking photos, those heels were off. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I want to last all day and look pretty. So these heels will, I will touch the bare ground. And then when you say photo tap, I slip right back in. Like three seconds slip and I'm like, Boop. That's I'm smart like, what you want? though. It's just like, there have been so many times where I'd like walk around and I'm like, you know, hour one or two and I'm like, I'm still okay. And then by like hour seven, I'm like, I need my feet amputated, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, because I, I never, like, especially if I'm doing, like, crossplay, like, it's like, it's never, like, this, like, 
two inch heel that I can wear and be like, I can get away with it. Cause it's like, no, I'm a very big person <laughs> and like a two inch heel on me is like nothing. So I have to go pretty much go bigger or go home. But it's just like, like you said, like I want to normally all the fun for me is on the con floor. Not necessarily like me resting in my room, eating like a Chipotle burrito by myself, like while somebody else is doing makeup in the bathroom. So I want to be on the floor. And so the only way, like as I've gone through the years and be like, why does this always suck? And then you realize no matter how many hacks I add to my feet, <laughs> it's not going to get better. Like no matter how many Dr. Scholl's pads I put in, no matter if I like tape those like two toes together to like suspend like the nerve pain, no matter like all this, all these little tricks and tips and hacks that they give you. It's like at the end of the day, like three hours, four hours in your feet are going to kill. And so the only thing that's ever saved my ass is just shoe go off when no photo photo happened shoe go on and like <laughs> and people would be like i remember when i was just picking people were like how are you still in this i was like i just don't wear the shoes like a good 75 percent of the time if i'm standing <laughs> but were you wearing like tights with that yes <laughs> fully okay <laughs> my feet so actually just slapping around katsu and tights <laughs> <laughs> in full-on like rhinestone tights and nobody could tell me nothing. and i was like i dare you to call security on me and these like that are gonna be dirty on my own accord I'm not doing nothing. I'm technically still wearing like socks because they were like four pairs of tights. Like I'm fine. Okay. Okay. That's safe then. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh God. <laughs> Floor tights. No. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I'm not that crazy now. <laughs> but it's like I love that you brought up Hoseki because like Hoseki was like this whole like era, especially in like the con cosplay scene, because I I think it, I don't know what it was. I was like, we've always had this resurgence of sort of like, oh my God, everybody wants to go big or go home, like in some ways. And like, I think Sakizo came in and Sakizo really, really tested cosplayers and like how they wanted to embellish things, how they really wanted to be creative. And, but we never had sort of anything that challenged us to like put embellishments on a wig. And then Hoseki came and they were like, oh, our outfits are kind of plain, but you wouldn't believe. Look at these hair. Look at my wig. And everybody's like, there's glitter. The hair is shiny. How do we do the hair shiny? Everybody. And like the internet like blew up like internationally because anything that happens in cosplay, usually like how it, it filters over through the West is seeing things that happen over in the East. And so we started seeing people put, like you said, cellophane in their wigs. And it was like, oh, we can do this. This is fun. I need to do this now. And everybody started putting cellophane. And then it was like, we have spray glitter. And it's like, how can we put rhinestones in the wig? And it was it was magical to watch everybody sort of interpret their versions of the Hoseki no Kuni wigs. Mm -hmm. I saw even some people were like, essentially making helmets for themselves, like pouring molds and then like having all these like iridescent paints and stuff yeah. on them and it's essentially it, you know you're not wearing a wig anymore at that point but yeah. like it still gets the point across yeah and they were really cool to see just like how many different iterations of let's say a faux swig because there's a ton of them yeah. but like i also before hoseki i only sort of styled wigs mm -hmm. and then like I, I just did like you know what you, what you need to do bangs basically a trim here and there and then I was like I want to be faux but I've never made a spike in a wig before so that ah. was an adventure that was baby's first spiky wig it was so good though like Thank for your you. first attempt like that you really like hit the nail on the head I don't know how many times you like redid those spikes but like it looked good in the end product <laughs> it was a lot of times I mean. The beauty of the the cellophane, or I actually ended up using vinyl after mm. my first attempt because it was a lot more durable. Right. Um, and it didn't get all crinkly like the cellophane, like you know, after you throw it on the floor after you oh <laughs> decide God. you're done. Yes. But uh, yeah, it was, and they were so much fun to make, and like I wanted to do commissions, and then everybody stopped caring about Hoseki after that, and I was like, well, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna sit here and still care about Hoseki. <laughs> my pile of wigs that i made for myself i mean do it yeah I, I i think that's like the one problem about like i guess modern day like media consumption is that like people people are just like wanting to just eat up every piece of media and like the moment that media is in like for example like it's still kind of here but it's like phasing its way out is like for example b stars like B stars when it because like Netflix has like the way that Netflix is set up is it's meant for binge watching. There is no 
weekly releases like you know how we grew up traditionally like i would stay up every like saturday morning cartoon and be like what happened on wings club i need to know <laughs> like like and I, I i watched it religiously i i don't think it's that great but when you tell me six girls are transforming into fairies and i gotta watch that magical girl sequence each and every time i ate it up i watched it too <laughs> ate it was it up. good no but it was you know it was a sparkly magical girl transformation what more do you want <laughs> loved it and that's how i watched like <laughs> 17 seasons of power rangers throughout my entire childhood like these like weekly releases and so Netflix came onto the scene, changed how we like consume media. And they were like, no, you just binge watch it and then you get to the next one. And I'm like, what? This is insane. Um, and so so that's sort of like how media has changed overall. And like like I said, like I th- was Hoseki on Netflix? I forgot where Hoseki was. Uh, I don't think Hoseki was. I think it. I'm honestly not sure. I think it was on Crunchyroll, but I could be totally wrong. It probably is. Somebody will correct us. It's not my problem <laughs> now. It put it out into the world. Everybody, you tell us where it actually released. Um, but all I know is that I definitely watched it, and it was such a such a good anime. And like the way that I consume anime, like people are like, oh my god, just watch the entire thing in one weekend. And I was like, I'm not that type of person. I'm not either. Okay. I can't do Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. I feel I feel I feel good about this now. <laughs> Cuz I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I'm so much more like I mean, I have low TV endurance yes. anyway. Yeah. I can't really sit and watch something. I need to be constantly like doing something with my hands if I'm doing something like that. Yeah. Um, but like I don't know. I can maybe watch like one or two episodes. The only thing I have binged recently was because it just came out was Beastars. And I we watched it all. Well, not all of it. We started a few weeks ago, but like yeah. we finished it um, last week. Yeah. And now you're saying that like it's kind of fallen off the map now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just watched it. I was going to draw Haru. I guess I no, shouldn't you, anymore. So, so No, I want to say you still can. So and also no, by the way, Hoseki was totally on anime strike which is like this nightmare thing that like Amazon tried to implement what a nightmare but now they changed it it's like included part of Prime um but but the thing was like it's because like Netflix encouraged binge watching so everybody the moment it like released and everybody's like oh my god look at these furries like Netflix has never <laughs> seen anything like this people ran people consumed the media in like a weekend like I remember my one friend was like oh my god did you finish it yet I was like no I'm still watching it because I watch like an episode a day or like sometimes two and they were like I finished this in all Friday night and I couldn't stop watching and I was like I can't be that person and so they they finished it before me but but normally what happens is when these animes air and especially if they have like interesting premises like Hoseki no Kuni which was like kind of like basic from like just watching from like a distance like if you didn't know what it was about it just looked like pretty people and like this beautiful cgi anime but then you watched it and you're just like there's so much more going on and so it's so interesting it's so in-depth and then like reading the manga is a whole other that's a whole nightmare in (laughs) itself get ready it's insane oh god it's really one of my favorites though (laughs) and and it's so good but like because because we're teaching people to like consume media like the moment it's released and they're like we're is there a season two when season two happening oh it's never happening okay we're we gotta move on now and like it's insane and so that's like when beastars came out because beastars came out i want to say like sometime during march i don't even know but it it popped up on netflix Oh, I found it. It's March 13th. So pretty much as of this recording, it's been out for like a month. And I remember when Beastars first came out, my entire Twitter feed was screaming about these furries for like solid week and like a week and a half, I want to say. And then a week after Animal Crossings came out and then my Twitter feed was all just <laughs> Animal Crossing plus some Beastars like filtered in through the content and then all of a sudden like i want to say as of this week and probably like even next week like the phase out of people like screaming up these stars is like gone but like the conversation will still be there if you initiate it but like it's not as rampant as before but it's kind of like now like the dormant fandom as people try to find out what that new piece of media is that is going to be bingeable which is insane (laughs) yeah it's it's just so hard to keep up anymore and like especially like with cosplay too it's like i i mean 
I, because of my job, had very little time or stamina to work on cosplay. And like, even with Fire Emblem, yeah, I'm working on Fire Emblem cosplay and I'm like, I don't think anyone... I mean, I know Katsu was like super big Fire Emblem yeah. con and I really wish I could have gone, but I wouldn't have even had anything in time. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just really hard to keep up with it. I'm still going to do yeah. Mercedes, though. Do it. Listen, listen right next to me. Y'all can't see this because podcast oh? is an audio medium is a half finished Claude <gasps> cosplay. Because <Wow. laughs> there he is. The pins are still on it. I still have oh, to yes. sew it. <laughs> Like, I, I think one of the, the good things about, because um, there's, it's what I've noticed is that there's this, like, huge differentiation. Like, the anime side of it, like, it's very funny that, like, I always be like, oh, my God, there's a difference between comic cons and, like, anime conventions, because there is a hard difference. And then there's, there's a hard difference in sort of how media is consumed on a gaming level as well as an anime level. And the reason why I say that is because usually there's much more of a commitment on a gaming level to be sort of like a fan of the series. Um, so for example, you buy a game, you bought the system. The system is usually nowadays like what, $300, let's say, just ballpark yeah, it. At least. <laughs> and then you buy the game and that's like nowadays the market price is like $60 for a game. So like, like regardless, like at some point you poured in $360 um, just to like, cause I remember when some people got Animal Crossing's, like they said, I'm buying a Switch just for Animal Crossing. So they effectively paid $360 for this game. And then let's go on the flip side where you're consuming media. And so for media, it can be either free if you're watching it pirated, um, because some people do that. I'm not against it, but I'm just saying it's a thing that exists. So either the cost of entry is free or you're paying these streaming services um, and it's not as heavy of an upfront cost. And and that's like what if you're Netflix, it's like thirteen dollars a month, fourteen. I don't know. I don't pay for Netflix. I, I hop on my sister's plan, and then, <laughs> and then like Crunchyroll is like seven dollars a month. Funimation is like ten dollars a month, and so it's a low barrier of entry of costs. So those media's will always go like, like consumed in a heartbeat, and then gone with the wind the next something comes up. Whereas games, what I've noticed is like they tend to stick around a lot longer. Like the fan base is passionate because they've spent money. And usually in these games, you're spending like probably like 40 plus hours playing the game. And that's much longer than a 13 episode season, you know, of an anime. Mm -hmm. It's a much higher investment of your time and resources, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> So I say Fire Emblem yeah. is still good to go for you and me. Fire Emblem's still good to go. Yeah, I'm like, nobody, I mean... I still would see people walking around at cons and like yeah. awakening cosplays and exactly. how long ago did that game release? I think it was in high school. Yeah. When it came out. So that was a while ago. It is. But long enough to get three degrees. Yeah. I think. Yeah. College lasted forever. <laughs> Let me tell you, when when you are in college, it feels like a time. Like I, mm -hmm. I feel like I went through three lifespans, like going through college, and then I got out, and I was like, "Oh, I can do things." <laughs> I was yeah, like, basically. It's it. I, I I don't know. It's like I have such mixed feelings because it's like college. I had. I thought I didn't have a lot of time, but I had a lot of time. I just didn't mm -hmm. know how to manage it. <laughs> Same. I, I, a lot of time spent in my dorm, just messing around. I don't know what I was doing. Playing video games, probably. Actually, no. That was Overwatch time. <laughs> that was when I dedicated my whole life to playing Overwatch. Just because I could talk to my friends in it. And it gave us something to do. Oh, yeah, which is very funny. Because, um, so, my really good friend. Like, I speak about her, like, nonstop on this podcast. Um, Sarah, who goes by Survivor Days. Um, so, the way that we actually became close was, like, Overwatch. Like, we were... We were friends beforehand, but it was, like, that sort of, like, oh, like, what can we, like, do? And then I remember she was originally playing on console, and I was playing PC. And then she was, like, I'm going to hop onto PC. And I was, like, girl, you better play with me. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, like, we were playing, like, almost, like, every night together. And it's, it, like... Overwatch, like, what's even though, like, you know, now, like, Blizzard is under fire and, like, all of this controversy, but, you know, back in the day, the one good thing about it was that it brought a community much closer because it was like, oh, it gave us a reason 
to be together almost like on a nightly basis. I felt like people played Overwatch like every night. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I played with a bunch of my friends that live like in California or like in the Midwest and stuff. And we would all just like group up and play together and like chat. And like, you know, usually it's just like, I don't know why this guy in voice chat's yelling at me. But like, <laughs> we'd have downtime to like sit and catch up and like, you know, just have something entertaining to do while we chit chatted. So yeah. it was a good time while it lasted. It was fun. didn't get as much schoolwork done as I should have during that time. But oh you know God. what? It's all water under the bridge. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, listen. You, I got out. You graduated. You got a degree. And in this mm-hmm. state of the world, if you get a degree, you're good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I, I tell all my friends. I was like, listen, I, I always encourage all my friends, like, do your higher education. But don't, if you don't, you don't have to spend a fortune on higher education. If you don't want to, don't do it. Get that degree because the degree means more. Like, literally, I tell everybody. All they look at is like you got a bachelor's, sick. If you got an Ivy League, that that is like the only exception where your name status of a school be like, oh, you know, blah 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 blah, and like. But half the time, I'm a person where I don't give a shit, so I'm just like, I got the paper, I can do it. You gotta just put me in, and then we're good. Um, so that's why I was like, I tell everybody, you you get the paper, screw your grade for now, like get as good as you can. But if you mess up, that's a small bump in the road because at the end of the day, all all your resume is going to say is bachelors of blah, blah, blah. And then it's going to list your four years of work experience that you've hopefully amassed over the years. <laughs> and they don't need to know about the GPA because they're like, oh, this person's working, working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really all that matters in the end is just, you know, having the paper. That's it. That's it. You grab the bag. That's all you need. Nobody cares. I promise you. But I love when, like, I was previously at, like, my jobs, and they'd be like, oh, Joe, do you mind, like, looking at this resume? This person's going to, like, join your team, blah, blah, blah. And, like, literally, I would not even look at education. I would just go straight to experience. And the only reason I would ever look at education is if they were, like, sort of fresh out of college. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, I was like, that's all I have to go off of. I was like, I guess. Um, but I wouldn't be like, oh, you went to, like, so-and-so school. You paid, like, blah, like, you're in debt like we gotta bring you on i'll be like "Mm, they did school uh, chelsea with the higher education talk we will take a small break and we are back Ooh, chelsea all right. So what I would love to know, because I don't personally know, uh, we talked about it like in the midst of this break, which is much longer than we anticipated. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your first con and how did you get into it? My first con yes. <laughs> was uh, New York Anime Festival. Ooh. I was 15. Ooh. I was a little baby. And I cosplayed Gumi Matroshka. I was there for half a day because I was going with my mom and my friends. <laughs> and uh, I slapped together. We have a local wig shop that I bought the green wig from because eBay wigs weren't even a thing yet at that point, honestly. And then a burlington coat factory giant sweater that i just like glued some felt on (laughs) and that was oh yeah and then some like gloves that were definitely for winter (laughs) i love that do you know what year that was um let's see if i was 15 actually yeah if i was 15 it would have been like 2010 2009 2010 oh you have just been about cons as long as i have mm-hmm. i did not know that <laughs> i've just i haven't taken a lot of pictures which yeah. is something i'm trying to remedy now yeah. that i spend so much time on my costumes mm-hmm. it just never occurred to me to, to photograph it until i was like i don't know three years ago i was like hmm i put probably 60 hours into the Sailor Moon costume. That didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but I should still take a picture of it. That's cosplay for you. That's mm-hmm. cosplay for you. 
Yeah, because it's like it's funny because when I was doing my research, I literally was like, I don't think Chelsea's just been doing cosplay and like content. 2015 as the internet no. wants to tell me no like, like something <laughs> something in me hinted like it was earlier because it's like i see little like like photos of you with like a little like you know just badge from wakana i'd be like but they're not in the makeup i was like what's going on <laughs> so i was like i was like that's why i didn't like say like a date specifically because i was like mm-hmm. i knew it's longer for chelsea but yeah. i didn't know exactly when so wow 2009 2010 and so what prompted you to sort of, like, go to a con- – like, especially New York Anime Fest, which is, like, debatably – well, actually the biggest anime festival that we had, um, anime con in general, in the New York City area? Um, to me, I think – I think what started it actually was, um, like, because I did art for as long as I can remember, too. Um, I was on DeviantArt, and I remember seeing a lot of people talk about New York Anime Festival, and mm-hmm. I was like – I live two hours away. I should go. (laughs) Um, And I just, like, gathered up a group of my friends. I don't know how. I I guess I just, like, managed to find all of the anime nerds in my school (laughs) and, like, rounded them all around me and was like, okay, guys, do you have $35 and want to go to the city for a day with me and my mom? And then we put together this whole, like, little vocaloid group and it was you know it was really cute i'll send you a picture later (laughs) of baby chelsea who looks almost identical to me now but i just remember i have this very fond memory of being there and i was like i didn't know what to expect i'd never been to a con before and i'm just walking around and seeing the sights and there was this girl who was running a table and she was dressed as some version of Miku. I can't remember now, but she had like angel wings in her hair and they were like low pigtails instead of the high ones. Okay. And this like little white dress. But I just remember we were walking past her. Oh, and she was super tall. She was probably like borderline six foot tall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember walking around. It must have been dealers. And she was just like, I love you guys cosplay it's so cute you guys look so good and I was like wow and I think that was that moment when I was like I should keep cosplaying <laughs> tall Miku said I should <laughs> tall Miku said I should I'm going to absolutely honor her words I must mm-hmm. continue this I still think about her every once in a while I think she was in like one of those like videos that people take of conventions where they like show off everybody's cosplays and stuff from back then, I like yeah. managed to find it a couple of years ago. I was like, "Tall Miku, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> She's real." Oh my god! I wish I could know who this person is because I was like, "I'm gonna go on the hunt for you just to find." I want to know if Miku she's is. still around. I want to know if she's still doing stuff. Probably. I was like, Probably. It's, it's very hard to like leave like this convention scene overall. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it, it it grabs you lovingly and it like it keeps you here for like never lets you go. It never does. Like like I, I hear a lot of like things where it's people are like, oh it's for like a younger crowd. But like as I've like navigated like this hobby and like gotten to know friends, like it's very funny because like my my people who I get along with the most tend to generally be older. And so, like, and it, I, I don't know, it's because, like, there's, like, one side of me, like, it's known as, like, Sprinter Joe, where it's, like, you see me, and then I'm gone the next, and you don't know where I went. Like, that's the common occurrence with my friends. But, like, if you find me at the right spot in the night, like, half the time, I literally just want to sit down, like, drink a glass of whiskey with some friends, hang, and just, just be mellow. But, like, it has to be the right time of night. And so that's where I try, like, I really, you know, sit down. I really vibe with older people. And so I found out, like, throughout this hobby like the age ranges are wild like i've met people who are like in their 40s that are still in the scene they still actively participate they have really good friends in the scene and then like people in their 30s you know like obviously like late 20s because when i was younger my perspective of like how anime cons were like i thought it was just like a a bunch of young kids which is having fun and it's wearing costumes it's like but but the reality is it's like it's such a large age range and, like, there's so many people, so many perspectives of life that, like, you can really learn from the con scene. But it's, like, you just have to be open to it and just, like, see it. So, so I hope, I hope Tal Miku is still around. 
I hope she's still out there. Tamiku, if you listen, <laughs> talk, <laughs> let us know who you are. Or if anybody <laughs> specifically knows of Tamiku, <laughs> please let us know in our DMs. <laughs> I hope she's still out there, and I hope she's still Miku. Let me tell you, God. I, I have one friend. Um, her name's Lizzie. She goes by, like, Mew Mew Nya um, Cosplay. And, like, she religiously and faithfully mostly cosplays miku only <laughs> like, oh my gosh like like she has done almost every version of miku like when i first met her she wasn't she wasn't miku she was like weiss from ruby and i was like okay cool and then like i i literally went on her like instagram and it was just straight up miku <laughs> like <laughs> wait what's going on she's like oh i love miku i do everything miku i am the miku cosplayer i was like okay and so she still continues to do miku to this day i love her to death um that's so cute people who cosplay miku all the time are just like there's something about it like whenever i find another person who cosplays miku all the time on instagram i'm like you're doing it right you love miku and so do i absolutely because it, it's like it's very fun because it's like vocaloid was such a it's such a strong fandom especially like in the early years of the scene like because it's like vocaloid was that thing where it's like not a lot of people talked about it but a lot of people participated in it and so everybody knew a vocaloid i knew a vocaloid like me bad apple just be friends like all of these songs like regardless if you actively participated in vocaloid or not you knew these jams <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I ended up with this microphone because many, many years ago, you can't find them anymore. Okay. <laughs> I deleted my old YouTube channel, but many, many moons ago, I did Vocaloid covers when I was a teenager, and yes. I was like, I need a better microphone than my MP3 player's built-in microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it's still held up to this day, so I guess it was a pretty good microphone. Yeah, I mean, it's doing you good. I mean, the audio, like I said before we started, was like, I was like, this audio is great. And you're like, I went to Best Buy and I said that one. And so, I mean, it's treating you well over the years. <laughs> but I think my favorite part that I also went up in is like, so with NYAF being sort of like your first con back in like 2009, 2010, how, what made you decide that cosplay from the get-go was going to be the first thing because for me when i first did cons i walked in as a con goer just to like experience the environment and be like what do people do here i don't know and like i had a friend who's like pentagons and they were just like i'll show you the ropes so cosplaying for me wasn't necessarily the first thing on my list to like do okay what was it like that (laughs) i'm walking in we're doing it up i'm gonna wear everything and you're gonna like it I mean, basically, again, I think it was because of DeviantArt. I think DeviantArt played a huge role in a, a lot of people's yeah. youth who were into anime because it was just like, you find fan art, you find people's cosplay photos and stuff. Like, back in the day, it was just like this entire giant thing of art. And also this old website that I used to post art on that I don't know if it exists anymore, but it was called The Otaku. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yes, I have. <laughs> I didn't think I was ever going to hear that website yeah, in my life yeah, ever yep, again. But yep, here we are yep. in 2020. <laughs> 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 here we are in 2020. Oh, boy. Me trying to explain myself. I just, like, blasted that memory to the forefront of yeah. my brain. <laughs> you took it up with, like, the deep recesses. <laughs> I thought we buried that. And you were like, nope. I had a recovered memory. Uh, but, yeah, it was just, like being on art sites all the time there was like this kind of like melding between art and cosplay happening a lot and i was like i mean like i liked drawing a lot but i like drawing like anime (laughs) and i was like i mean i could dress up as this character and like technically uh when i was in fourth or fifth grade i made my mom make me a tokyo Mew Mew (laughs) costume to wear for halloween um like i was like into the idea of dressing up just as a fictional character that i really admired like the moment i saw that it was an option it was i never thought about it i was like i want to do that that looks really fun (laughs) that's so good yeah because like 
literally that's like why most people go into cosplay for the most part because they see a character that they like really resonate with and they're just like i want like if i can be it like i would love to like just feel a fantasy for a day or the weekend however long you wear it and it like it makes most people like feel great like i i love being in cosplay like for me personally because it's just like i love this character i get to be it like nobody can tell me anything like i did it up in the way that i wanted to for the most part and so like everybody gets a little like different kind of euphoria from it so i'm glad to hear that like you had yours yeah that was actually why i put off my sailor moon costume for so long (laughs) (laughs) was because i was it was kind of like my dream project for a really long time and i didn't want to mess it up and i wanted to do it right the first time and it'd be amazing and it i mean for what it was it was good for what i was able to do but like now that i've I messed up that one. <laughs> I screwed up that one. And I was like, well, I want to do it better. So I guess we're learning how to sew better. But it's also like gotten me into a lot of different things. And like, I I don't know if, I mean, probably, but like near. Yes. I don't know if I would have gotten into it if I didn't see Tubi. And I was like, I'm probably going to like her because I like her design and I like her attitude so far. Yeah. <laughs> I want to cosplay her. So I need to watch this near let's play <laughs> so and here we are and i watched the whole game and i'm like i love miss 2b <laughs> yeah no. and london loves being 9s so we just have fun together <laughs> and and i think that's i think that's the most like interesting part like you know outside we'll hop into the deviant part after um but like that creators especially like especially of like video games media their understanding sort of like the impact about how good design can really bring and attract attention to a piece of media um and so like that's like how yokotaro like pretty much approached all of like to be just like i just want this badass sexy character and that's about it and then we're gonna build everything else around her and we'll figure out like everything from there you know um and it's funny enough like that's kind of how i got into like bayonetta for me like i love bayonetta i love mostly anything like hideki kamiya's hands touch but like (laughs) bayonetta specifically oh my god it is so good and like i was originally drawn to it from just the cover art of bayonetta the first game and it is like so stylistic and it was like so out there it looked like something that like didn't even come out of japan like it looked it looked insane like and not insane in like a bad way but it was something so atypical of something that was coming out of japan at the time it looked more or less like something that came out of america yeah it was really unique especially for the time i I remember seeing it when i was like i don't know whenever it first started coming out i would like see it on the shelf and i was like hmm i never actually got into it but i always wanted to Mm -hmm. so plenty of time now <laughs> it is, it is this, this is the time and it is so over the top it is and it, it's it's not even like sexy to be sexy it's like can't be sexy mm-hmm. it's that like illustrate like fashion illustrator kind yes. of like it is it is so good like literally if you if anybody ever buys the art uh the art book for it I am trying to collect it. I have Bayonetta 2's art book. I had Bayonetta 1's art book for a while, but for some reason I decided to return it. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I was living life. I was going through the motions. And so I returned it, and now I'm trying to buy it now, but it goes for like $450 retail when I bought it for like oh my 40 bucks. But the good thing about the Bayonetta art books is like they're all done in like, like you said, these like fashion illustrations. Like that's how they built bayonetta like everything looks like a sketchbook from like any like designer and it's so gorgeous it is disgustingly good (laughs) i it's like it's just like eye candy like if any cosplayer like wants to see these like just like go on google and like look it up it is the way they approach the design for it they knew what they wanted from the get-go and they weren't walking into this blind and like some of the alternate designs slap like they like they hold up to the test of time and i'm just like I'm a, can I can I do things in no I can't so I'll, I'll send this to you <laughs> later <laughs> okay sounds good but uh it's it's so good but I, I actually wanted to hop into back <laughs> Bayonetta <laughs> I, I could go on for years so let's not go down that and so deviant art especially because I think deviant art back in the day was pretty much like 
our version of Instagram. Because like you said, I knew everything there was to know about cosplay, anime, sort of like all of the things through DeviantArt specifically. And like that's how the community really was first brought up. Like people were, whether, like you said, it was fan art, cosplays, whether they were doing tutorials, whether they were doing, posting up their builds on DeviantArt, that's where the community like fully thrived. And especially for you as an artist, like an illustrator especially, like you must have like just loved it there. Oh, I spent way too much time on there (laughs) as a child. But you know what? It's like, I feel like I did learn a lot just from cosplay knowledge, at least from just like, I don't know. I would just like search up a character and I'm like, I'm looking for fan art. I'm looking for cosplay. I'm looking for whatever. If a tutorial pops up, I'll probably read the tutorial. Like it was kind of a treasure trove of information that I feel like Instagram kind of has, but Honestly, I've been waiting for another art platform to roll around for a while that isn't Instagram or Twitter is also kind of hit or miss. It's just really hard to find anything on either of those Mm -hmm. because of all the like, you know, business posting and like, you know, certain things we're going to tell you what you want to see based on what you're clicking on on your phone. And it's like, no, I want to see all of these things. That's why I followed them. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very annoying. And so, like, I I think that's why we cherish DeviantArt so much, because like you mentioned it, like back in the day before, like we were bombarded with ads for every little breathing thing around us. Um, It was specifically just curated, like you said, for artists, like specifically. And it was that treasure trove of knowledge, like you said, like you found anything and everything. And like I like for me personally, like I was black hole. Like I still have DeviantArt tutorials saved on my computer. Yeah, I do, too. (laughs) I still have DeviantArt tutorials from like back in the day saved so that like I can revisit, go into them. Occasionally, some people use like Blogspot or like, yeah, Blogspot. And, like, I have those bookmarked, too, because they were just, like, it was kind of, like, back in... And then, naturally, like, we all kind of, like, ran towards Tumblr because, like, Tumblr was kind of very similar to that format. Yeah, Tumblr was good for a while. Good until they banned porn. And you know what? That's (laughs) That's what period. I I, I will hold my statements. I can say that with full confidence. I mean, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And so, like... Like, even though, like, DeviantArt was, like, that treasure trove, like, and it was great because you could find anything really good. And then Tumblr came along very similar where it was, like, it gave you that social media fix, but, like, everything you followed was still there, you know, which was good. But but the problem with, like, Twitter and, like, Instagram, like you mentioned, it's, like, it's a lot more promoted to, like, people who have the money to, like, spend ads or if they have really good reach from the get-go. Like, I follow a bunch of friends who, like, not necessarily, like, are in that, like, let's say 2K plus above, like, range. That, like, I genuinely, like, would like to see their content. But, like, everything else, like, they got the reach. They did good engagement on this post. So, you're going to see it now. And I'm, like, I, I was, like, what is, what's going on with my friend? Are they good? Are they hanging in there? I just want to know. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, like. Very simple things. It just doesn't make sense that you would make something where it's, like, okay, I'm going to follow all these people. I'm going to see maybe. 50 accounts of the 100 some odd I follow just because you know it's like the days of chronological or order are over I couldn't even say that for some reason you like that Uh, times are weird yeah that's I mean social media is just trying to like evolve to the algorithm try to keep people engaged but like especially for those of us who are creators necessarily it's not the best way for us to consume media it might be best way for like the general public yeah consume it but like for artists when whether we're watching somebody's build and or like how they're doing like little things like that we need things to be in chronological order because it just it just makes sense for us specifically because the way that like art's made it's just like we we like to watch these whips because i let me tell you when the algorithm has fucked so many artists up when for whatever reason the whip gets more like and the whip when i say whip not the whip or like <laughs> i'm talking about work in progress posts yeah the work in progress post will get more likes than the finished product even though they're confident in the finished product and they're just like this was just meant to document my process why is this doing so good the algorithm decided it's gonna do great <laughs> i'm just like why yeah it's really weird i don't know i'm just fighting against the algorithm every day basically 
every day, baby. That's why, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I tell people, like, I it's much better to meet me. Like, I prefer an in-person interaction, which is I'm like, find me at a con. Find me. I'm very friendly. Like, um, like Katsu. I, I've talked about this encounter on the podcast before, but, like, um, two people who listen to the podcast, Kite Me and Keiko Pin Cosplay, like, they, they were like, oh, my God, wait, you sound really familiar. I was like, what's up? I was like, do you have a podcast? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> but, like, in person, like, I am perfect. Like, I was like, hey, what's up? I'll try to hang out with you as, like, long as possible. I'm no stranger to conversation, as, like, most of my friends know. I could, like, talk somebody's ear off, which is why I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, it's like, I'm good in that way. But because, like, I, like, my relationship with, like, how, like, we're talking about right now, like, our pain points with social media, it's just, like, it doesn't even make it like worth it for me sometimes because i'm just like i i like the connection part and i like staying up to date and it's like well if the algorithm is going to push something my way and i have to reach out to you directly i might as well just see you in person yeah exactly (laughs) so the fun part is like you said you don't you normally didn't photograph your costumes up until like 2015 2016 roughly yeah roughly and so i i guess like what what was more of the not necessarily like pressure i want to say but what got you more active into sort of getting things documented like in those later years um i well for one it was again it was just like i would spend all of these time and like time money mental energy etc making a costume mm-hmm. and I mean, I think I started to realize around that time because I'd been going to cons for a few years at that point. And I would usually make like one or two costumes a a year, roughly, because I didn't make any money because I was in high school slash like community college. Um, I'd spend all this time and money on it. And then I would be like, a few years later, I'd be like, I have one picture of this. Like, I'm thinking specifically of I made a... Uh, Garoka cosplay that (laughs) I wore to a next I think in its last year in its old location um and I went nuts with it I entered it into the masquerade I like rigged it with lights and everything I made this like crazy cage for it out of this weird tubing my mom had (laughs) and like you know bridal satin lace we we got it all. And then I have like one picture that was taken on a cell phone of it. And I'm like, <laughs> why have I done this to myself? So it's partially that. And it's also like, um, I guess just the thought of like having something to look back on, obviously, but also like, it's a better way to document like the time I spent with like my friends and stuff too. Yeah. Cause now it's just like, I take a lot of like, silly stupid pictures and cosplay a lot with my friends and things like that and like um I mean I think that's the fun thing about like Instagram stories it's just like when you're at a con and you're just like oh my god yes I'm on the con floor literally laying down on the con floor <laughs> <not> like <laughs> and like I have my friends all behind me like eating hamburgers and it's like <laughs> you just look back on it and it's like you remember all of that stuff and I realized in general as a person I didn't take enough pictures of anything and I was like you know it's it's like another artistic endeavor um like the way sewing is kind of like I got really burnt out after I finished at SVA yeah um and I started cosplaying a lot more because it was another creative outlet but it didn't use the part of my brain that was used to drawing and painting that had kind of been in overdrive for the last couple of years. Right. And then, I mean, like, I started taking pictures, but, like, it wasn't until 2018 that I actually got somebody, like, somebody that wasn't, um, I mean, I have my one friend, Shiv, take pictures of me. Mm-hmm. Um, their handle on Instagram is oddghost, and they're a very sweet person and very good at <laughs> taking photos. And the first time I'd reached out to, like, another photographer that I wasn't already friends with was in, like, 2018. Um, And that was when I did my, uh, when me in London did 2B and 9S. And it was just, like, 
it was hard because I didn't have the modeling experience yeah. <laughs> at that point, um, which I feel like I've kind of gotten a little better at in the last year or two. But um, just seeing those photos of the end result made it like so... It made me feel different about how I looked in cosplay, I guess, in a way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was just like I would be like walking around at a con and like see myself in the mirror at the end of the day and be all sweaty and gross and in a costume. That is a con for you. Lashes hanging off and then like getting these photos back on the other hand and just like I felt a lot more confident mm-hmm. in myself, like looking at those pictures and how I felt like I looked walking around and I think it just made me feel a lot more confident overall. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the fun of taking pictures. I'm sorry that went on for a bit, but no, I was no. trying to, <laughs> it was good mostly because uh, I think you perfectly encapsulate that because I, I feel like I, I beat a lot of topics into the bush with this podcast. And so one of them just being like how we perceive ourselves for the most part, I covered that in Brandon's podcast and it's like, sometimes we don't know what we look like and that's fully fair like we have this weird skewed perspective for ourselves so it's like if we see ourselves photographed in a way um and it looks great to us we're just like wow i really look like that and they're like yeah dude like what are you talking about you've always looked like that like i still to this day because i don't know what it is like my sister can tell me and all my friends at time is like you have high cheekbones i was like i don't see it for myself because i see myself every day and they're like no you idiot you have it i was like okay cool i guess um but like but like when i see photos of it because it's like it takes me from me seeing myself in the mirror all the time and then i'm seeing it documented how somebody else would actually see i'm like whoa where did that come from it's like well this, they've always been there stupid i'm like ah okay, I get it. <laughs> um and and so that's where like your your confidence level because you're seeing aspects of yourself that you wouldn't necessarily realize and especially such a good point that you brought up where it was just like these photos kind of can help act as like kind of like a bookmark in your memory bank of like what happened like even though like a lot of photos that I take are very like self-indulgent they're like photos that I want to like recreate like a lot of these like when I look at those photos like I remember the con because most of my photos are done as at con shootings versus on location shootings and so they'll like be like oh my god I remember this memory from like this con or like or even if it's like a group cosplay like silly memories of us just like running around a con just like acting fools and like just doing stupid shit at like three in the morning for no reason it's like oh we should go to sleep (laughs) like or me just falling a piece like falling asleep with like a piece of ham in my mouth like stupid things like that (laughs) are what like photos like like you mentioned like bring up and they're they're so fun um but like you said documenting saying kind of like oh i did this and i worked hard on this and like it being sort of like a freeze frame moment in time that's kind of like why i always do photography ever since like i feel like i hopped into this hobby and i'd like i'd be like okay i get one good photo so people know i did this (laughs) (laughs) once i get the one good photo will i wear it again i don't know (laughs) and then it can then it can go like in the archives and i don't know when i'll ever see that piece of costume ever again (laughs) but oh Chelsea, what a fun time we've had together, but it is the end of the podcast. <gasps> oh my gosh, already? Already. Uh, it was so good, because I was like, we barely get time to sit down like, one-on-one yeah, together. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I always see you for like five seconds, and then you're like, okay, I gotta go. And I'm like, okay, bye. I'll see you later. <laughs> Literally, like what was it it was this katsukan i think i saw um somebody that i met for like the first time at like fanime like two years ago and they go by akikai on instagram i'll have their handle somewhere in the description of this episode and so i remember like i was talking to somebody and then i looked to my right and i was like aki and they're like hey what's up and then i don't know what happened it was they either had to they did a shoot or i was running somewhere and i was like okay bye and like just like that like look the other way and that's a con for me in a nutshell i don't know where i am (laughs) it is what it is but oh chelsea is there anything you'd like to promote um just my regular stuff uh i'm on twitter and instagram at seashell costs uh and i mean my regular all my art stuff is chelsea stingle anywhere uh s-t-i-n-g-e-l is how you spell my last name and i feel like i always 
pronounce my last name weird and nobody ever understands what I'm saying, but that's how you spell it. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm just, uh, I have an Etsy store where I sell all of my stuff that I usually sell at Artist Alley, and I'm planning to expand it a little bit more. Hell yeah. And you know I'm going to be telling people where to find you. Do not worry. <laughs> <laughs> but ooh, remember, you can ask any questions from myself or my guests to answer on the podcast at curiouscat.me slash dressup. Keep the questions coming. There's nothing there. But <laughs> also, if you love this podcast, you can like it. You can rate it on Apple Podcasts. And you know what? I can read those ratings on Apple Podcasts. So leave a fun comment. Drop some five stars. I know half of you people listening out there use Apple products. I don't. I'm an Android user. I'm sorry. Um, but give it five stars anyways. But anyways, you can subscribe on all platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Because we're everywhere. And anyways, we will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>